Hello and welcome back to I Wouldn't Have Done It Like That. Uh, this week, once again, I'm joined by Father, Dad, Simon, all of the above. Hello. And uh, this week is... Uh, actually, Father's Day. Yeah, for, first of all, let me start off with Happy Father's Day for yesterday. Uh, uh, yesterday? Sunday today, you donkey. No, but it comes out on Monday, Father. Oh! Yes, right, okay. see, there Sorry. we go. Um, so yeah, Happy Father's Day for yesterday. Um, but also, uh, this week we are doing a recap episode of the last seven episodes that we have done. Um, I think at the moment, me and Dad have... Uh, exhausted. We have exhausted, yeah, we've <laughs> exhausted all the things that we sort of talk about and everything. So we're going to we're gonna take a little break from the podcast and um, hopefully be back uh, kicking and everything um, to, 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 to bring you some more topics which hopefully invite conversations into your home as well. Um, so I think is that the best way to sort of explain... What this episode? Yeah, we'll be back. Well, yeah, we'll be back at some point. Um, but this episode is going to be a recap episode of the past seven episodes. But if you haven't listened to them yet, I do urge you to go and do so because whatever topics we talk about in this one, we go more in depth on the other ones. Um, and so, yeah, I think to kick off, why don't we start with number one? Do you remember what was in number one? Number one. What was the title of number one? Number one was all about how the coronavirus had impacted our education and everything. Oh, that was it. Schools, schools cancelled. And... Last one out, turn off. So, the lights. Um, what are we now? Ten weeks, eleven weeks since you left. Since you. Yeah, yeah. It's been before? seven weeks since you started the podcast. So, right. Yeah. So yeah. So it's probably about ten, eleven weeks since you were last at school, and uh, in your case. Well, no, not in your case, because you were taking a year off. But in general, people's universities are meant to start sort of September time, aren't they? And your sister's A-levels were starting September time, so there's no chance of them going back to school before then. So you've got another, what are we in now? June, July, August, September. You've got another probably about another 10 weeks before you go back to school again. So I, I guess the question is, have you missed it? Yeah, and I... Which is just bizarre, because normally people go, I don't want to go to school. Yeah, or whatever, but... um. I think I think I've obviously being in education for eighteen years. I think I've I've missed the structure, um, or or have I? I don't know because I like the freedom of being able to do the podcast, being able to do the things that I really want to do. Well, this isn't. Well, this is, so I've just literally come back from Sainsbury's doing the food shop, and because I'm the hunter gatherer, I'm the only one allowed out to do the food <laughs> shop. Everybody else is too scared to go. Um, and when I was walking around there, there was a there was a guy in there and a woman in there. And whilst they're not of ed- school years, you know, obviously you've had this furlough scheme where people have obviously been told to stay at home and the government are paying like 80% of their wages and what have you. And this woman said to this guy, she said, oh, are you still furloughed? And he said, yeah, 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 it's going to be furloughed till I think he said something like August or something like that, yeah. when they think they might get back to work. And she said, oh, how are you, how are you coping? He said, oh, I love this furloughed thing. He goes, I get to stay at home, do the things I want to do, blah, blah, blah. He goes, it's been brilliant. He goes, I don't want to go back to work. Is that? Do you think that's a general? This is that. That's a bit of an issue, well, that's really. The, um, isn't, if a lot of people are thinking that way, well, that's um, that's the thing. I think I saw a news article on it of um, what is it? People had said to this. I think I can't remember who the person who did the news article was, but they they collected data, and they said that the majority of people were happier to be at home doing the things they wanted to do than being at work, which is understandable, obviously. Well, if the government's paying, you do that, yeah. But also, <laughs> but also um, they said that a lot more people have started up their own businesses and their own brands at home making things and uh, 
trying to find make money other ways than their job in the hopes that they don't have to go back to it. That's that's in the hopes that they they can do what they want to do and be happy. So this this whole this whole scenario is telling us that well again is that not telling us that, that the majority of people probably aren't happy doing what they're doing. Exactly. It's like like I know I saw the statistic of ninety five percent of people who work in an office don't like what they do or something. No, like and that. something but, really high like that. Oh yeah, hundred. But like once again, I I mean like there's contra- contradicting feelings across the country. I think because I remember we were listening to LBC the other day on the way down to Brighton, and we were we were listening to it and we broke that, down on the way back. We by did the way. very yeah we did uh, seven hours to get home. Um, but we were listening to it and there was this lady on there and she goes and says. Well, I've really missed being with my work colleagues, yes. and I've missed the whole like being in my job, being in the office and stuff like that, having the office banter and everything. Because obviously, you wouldn't get that at home, and so I think there are a lot of contradicting. Well, opinions. I bumped into I bumped into Ellie in the village the yeah. other day, and she works up in the city, and I said to her, oh, "You've been working from home." She said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, going forward, would you like to do more working from home?" She went, "Oh no." She goes, "I really want to go back." to the office because I miss the socially social aspect yeah, and I th- of it. I think, I think and she misses the banter and the Yeah, you know. I th- and I think there are contradicting things and I think there will be people who will turn around to their jobs and say, I don't need this anymore, I want to make money my own way and I want to be happier. So like whenever I say to you, I don't you know, I've always said to you and your sister, whatever you know, I've always said to you, I don't care what you do, as long as you're happy. Yeah. And mum's got, she's got a slightly different take on that. She's, she's a bit more practical in it, in the sense of, oh, well, well, the world doesn't work like that. You know, you have to go out and you have to go and do a job that you don't like. Which is understandable. Yeah, because, you know, you've got to put food on the table. And so, yeah, I agree with, and I agree with her. Again, that's, sometimes you've got to go the extra mile. You've got to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. But, would you, I mean, you're always striving Whilst you're doing that, you should always be striving to get to where it is that makes you happy, right? Yeah. So, do we now have a situation where people get so used to this life? I know, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that probably can't wait to get back to work because they're bored out of their brains sitting at home. Yeah. But there is a percentage of the population that have had a realisation that maybe you know, they don't need to have all the materialistic things in yeah. life to actually be happy and therefore they might be prepared to do a different job. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to work somehow because you've got to put money on the, in the bank, right, to to buy your food and house you and all this kind of thing. Yeah. But do we are we going to see a change, a shift in society? Well, that's, that's what people have been discussing about edu- at the education system as well. Once kids go back after September... Like people are going to be asking, do we really need three English lessons a week for the kids? Do we really need five maths lessons a week? Will the kids retain all the information? Obviously, there's been online learning and stuff, but that's not been as consistent as if you were in school. Well, this so is... so so now people are saying like, can we teach them other subjects like that are actually more practical? Which is what we discussed in another episode as well. Well, the other thing is as well that so I bumped into Ellie in the village. When I was in Sainsbury's, I bumped into her husband Neil. And I said to him, oh, your kid's back at school, yeah? And bearing in mind their kids are still in junior school, right? And he said, um, he said, then, no, they're not back. He said, and we've, you know, they gave, the school did say, you know, if you want the kids to come back, they can come back. You know, we said, because, you know, they're both at home. They said, well, 
we, we might as well keep our kids at home and let somebody else have that place yeah. who, you know, basically has to go back to work, etc., etc., because they're both working from home still. And he said, and he said also, he said, so we said no to the place so that somebody else could have it. Um, he said, but also he goes, I, I didn't see the point of sending them back anyway because exactly the, the, the stuff they were going back to school to do is exactly the stuff they send home for them anyway. Mm. So he's, he was like, so I think all of a sudden people, I, I wonder if people are thinking to themselves, well, hang on a minute, could this not be done a little bit more remotely? Yeah, and, and give families and, more and, time. And the stuff they are teaching them, I mean, this is junior school. I mean, it's you know, this this is we're not talking about senior GCSE and A level biology or whatever, but yeah. you know, we're talking about junior school. But I think people are wondering, well, do they need to be schooled that way? Yeah. But then, obviously, if you don't, you know, if you're going to do it more from home, you lose the social aspect as well. Yeah. So it's it's having a balance of 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 going somewhere for and having that social aspect as opposed to not wasting resources and time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I think I think that this is something that will come out of it is that people will have a realization, people will have an understanding, and uh, and and sort of maybe maybe advocate for change within education and stuff like this. Well, I think education's got to change anyway. Yeah. I mean, we were just having this conversation downstairs with your sister, and she was like, "Going, why can't they teach me how to do a tax return rather than, you know, teaching me, um, oh, what was what it Shakespeare called? said in Macbeth? Or no, whatever. it was." something to do with maths or something like that yeah. I can't remember which what, what it was well, simultaneous that, that, equations that shows, or something that shows like how that. relevant it is well exactly and I mean and also well again you see these things and you know when when I come to look at your your maths homework that you used to bring home from school or is brings home from school sometimes I sit there and I have to flip and google the answer myself because <laughs> yeah we learned it when we were at school but I've completely forgotten about it yeah. because I've never used it yeah. when is school going to get more relevant and when is it going to become more relevant? That actually leads quite on, quite well onto episode two when we talk when we spoke about um, you limited, you being a business, yeah, and how you need to have the attribute, you need to have the attributes and the skills that you really desire for what you want to do. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but and, and, and I understand that you know they can't, you can't have bespoke education for every child. Yeah. I.e., you know. Because, well, A, you don't know what you want to do when you're young anyway. I mean, you know, you can turn around and say, I want to be an astronaut. It doesn't necessarily mean, you, mean you're going to go to the moon. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I was speaking to um, uh, a, f- uh, a friend of ours' daughter the other day, and a friend of hers had always said since she was a little girl she wanted to be a, 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 a doctor. Yeah. But when it came round to getting into medicine school, she didn't. she just wasn't strong enough in the sciences. And my point was, well... You know, if you if you really passionate about it, you probably would have focused more on the sciences and got yourself up there. And so you you question whether it's just like a I wouldn't say a throwaway comment, but it's a it's a it's a dream because you don't have anything else to say at that particular moment yeah. in time. And I don't know her particular circumstances. That's where you that's, know, where, that's where you obvious. have to be in your business model. You have to restructure. Yeah. So, the, but you can't. But again, you know, you can't sit a kid down at the age of like. Okay, let's let's assume you go to senior school. You sit a kid down at the age of eleven or twelve and say, "Right, what do you want to be when you grow older?" And, ex- yeah. and, and we're going to tailor an education program yeah. around you. So I said to you, "Oh, hello, Charlie. What would you like to be when you're older?" And you said, "Oh, I want to be a music producer." All right, okay. So we'll get all the gear in. We'll get the 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 programs, all this kind of thing. We'll get music producers yeah. to come and sit in a room and teach you how to be a music producer. Yeah. Well, you can't bespoke education for everybody exactly. like that, right? Of course, of course. But. There, there, there must be, 
there must be a way of teaching stuff that's more relevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like you say, you as a you as a business. I mean, you as a business. You know, you have a lot of the skills that you need, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you, you know, like we were talking, the the ability to be on time, work ethic, energy, all these things, passion. You have those, but then there must be some practical skills that someone can teach you as well. Yeah, and I think I think that especially when you're discussing you as a business, our whole idea is that you have to market yourself the way you walk, the way this, that, and the other. And I think if we bring it back to that a little bit, you you need to you need to also think about the stuff that you say, and the stuff that you 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 promise people, and the and the ways in which you go about dealing with people on a social level as well. Well, I think it's just one of those. You know, that don't overpromise. Don't yeah. overpromise. Yeah. What's the saying? Um, oh. Don't over. De- it's something like don't over deliver. Just deliver what you you said you were going to deliver. Yeah. Don't over deliver. Don't under deliver. Deliver what you said you were gonna you were gonna give. Because, you know, if you over deliver, it gives people. It gives yeah they're like wow 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 but they'll expect it again and again and again. Yeah. And you might not have it. Just deliver what you promised. Yeah, and and uh, and. And if you can't deliver it, don't promise it. Of course, of course, and and once again, that is a perfect way to lead on to episode three, which was the ten attributes that require zero talent. Right. In that, um, you, you you if you deliver on what you, what you say, and one of the ten attributes, I I believe was. Um, oh, can you remember them? I don't think I can. I think that's really that's really bad because. You remember them. Well, though. let's go through them together. It was being on time. Being on time. Yeah, I know. I, can't, I don't think I'm going to get all 10 in the same, in the correct order. So it was being on time. There was work ethic. There was energy. There was passion. Uh, there was doing extra. There was... Uh, I'm up to one mind now, now. Five. Five. This is really bad that we can't remember our own things. My mind has gone blank. I can't. I, that's gone absolutely blank. Um, I can't remember it. Oh well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, like, I'm do- I know the mar- um, body language, marketing. Your, yeah. Uh, what was it? listening? Listening. Um, communication. Communication, and I can't remember the last two. I can't remember. But anyways, um, there's, only la- there's only one more. Is there? Oh yeah, there is only one more. Uh, oh, well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, but go back and listen to that episode like we do as well yeah and if you work out what the 10 things are text us text us or message us um, but yeah so the, the 10 things that require zero talent are but, th- but that was the thing about them as well is that they weren't 10 things that were limited to those 10 things they were 10 things that we came up with and we thought that, that they're things that as you've just seen that you don't necessarily have to remember but they're just something that's built into your moral, moral sort of way of doing things. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, I think, I think, in, in essence, it all comes back to treat others how you'd like to be treated. Well, it's like riding a bike, isn't it? Once you learn to ride a bike, you never forget. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you are, you know, you know make a conscious effort to be on time. You make a conscious effort not to waste other people's time. Make a conscious effort to use your time in a very productive way. You know, like, you know, stop doing pointless crap. Yeah. You know, I mean, you will remember, just before we moved to Dubai, I started playing the game of Candy Crush. 
and I played it religiously. This, this, was, this is a rabbit hole that we went down. I played it religiously for seven years. Five free lives in the morning and five free lives in the evening. And I played it religiously for seven years. And I got onto, I think, level 1,400 and something. Right. Which sounds really impressive, right? Yeah. Well, it's not. Who's impressed by that? It's no one's impressed by that. And then one day I was having a conversation with his sister and she was saying, oh, you know, how am I going to get through all this revision, etc., etc.?" And I said, well, you've got to prioritise your time. Stop doing pointless crap. Yeah. You know, looking at, you know, I don't know, cute cats falling off the back of a sofa on YouTube or something like that. That is a, that is a very cute video, though. And, so I, and then all of a sudden I had a realisation that I was actually doing pointless stuff that wasn't getting me any further in the world. You know, Candy Crush wasn't... You know, it wasn't getting me any. Wasn't developing a character it, 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 or anything. Well, no, it, but it wasn't. It wasn't helping me in my work. If anything, it was. It was slowing my work down because I could have been doing other things in the morning. You know, working out what the markets have been doing overnight, rather than having to go away work and waste half an hour when I was at work doing yeah. it. And so, I, having had this conversation with his sister, I came home and I I deleted every single game on my phone and my iPad. Yeah. I deleted all games because they were a distraction to me. Now, I'm not saying that Candy Crush is the work of the devil and you should all go out and delete Candy Crush if you happen to play Candy Crush. It was my distraction. Yeah. It was my distraction. Candy Crush could be a relaxation for somebody else. You know, I'm not saying don't have any downtime. You need to have some downtime where you just come away and do something completely different to what... But it was a distraction to me. And the, the things I got done in that time that I'd saved... You know, rather than having all these games like, you know, golf on your phone and all this kind of thing. The, the amount of time that I, I probably saved and I got things done, you know, I, I, I got, um, I got, you know, I started to, to, to write my book, which I'm virtually there with, which funnily enough is very related to these topics we're talking about. Um, and, you know, I, I started actually doing things that needed to be done. I, I, I was putting stuff off, you know, like the, the property company and what have you. I was putting stuff off that needed to get done. And all of a sudden I started getting things done. And because those distractions were taken away from me. So again, that's another thing. You know, use your, like we say, use your time wisely, but, you know, use it productively Like The way, well. the way that, like, I think, it's a, it's a very odd way because obviously we've been in lockdown and stuff and so people will have been doing stuff that, you know, may not be the most productive or whatever. But it's about organising your time. Me and my friends have uh, an unwritten sort of like well I wouldn't say it's a rule but it's an unwritten sort of thing that you can do whatever you want during the day or whatever yeah but we don't play video games during the day mm -hmm. we only play video games when it comes to the evening if you're available if you're available of course yeah but the whole point is is that we've managed our time to say during the day we will do other things which aren't this and play video games and we will only dedicate the evening, yeah? Well, it's nice to know that your Xbox is free during the day. <laughs> I can come and play. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that, that's, that's basically what, what that entire like, episode was about, really. It was about, it was, as much as it was about the 10 attributes, it was about, it was about trying not to spend time on stuff that, that, wastes, yeah. that wastes your day. But, it's, but again, it's like anything. It's, like, it's, become, it's, it's a routine thing. Six months ago, you know, after Christmas absolutely fed up of turkey beef and ham and everything etc etc and I, I you know we went vegetarian yeah. and we said we'd do it for four weeks to six weeks because we wanted obviously not to have the placebo effect click in and six months later I'm still doing it um, 
I think as a household, our meat consumption has massively gone down, hugely. I mean, I, I think mum's probably the only person that eats meat. Red meat. Uh, well, maybe like twice a week, yeah, if that. Whereas you and your sister very rarely um, have fish or whatever. Yeah, you have you more fish and what have you. But you know, it's like anything. If you get it, if if you get into a habit, then you'll just it just comes naturally. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. In, and I was one of the biggest meat meaters around. You'll know that. You know, meat company in Dubai. We used to be. Yeah. We used to live in there. And I thought. I thought it would be tough. But having watched that program, the game changer. I was like, I don't know what the fuss is about. Right, I'll try it. See what. And yeah. you know, it made me feel better. It made me feel healthy. It made me sleep better. Except I felt more energy. But my point being is that to me now, it's just it's normal. Yeah, and what I I'm, I'm, what, I don't have to work at it. But with with that also came is judgment from other people as well. Yeah, know? I mean there are certain and th- stuff like that, and and that's what we discussed in episode four, was we discussed about um, mental health and how it's risen in recent times, and how how people feel like they're being judged because of what's happening on social media, and the way that I'm going to link this together is is that if you make a radical change that's not with the majority there will be a le- level of judgment that comes with that. It's very sad to say, but that is... Because it's what society expects of you. Exactly. Society expects me to, to to eat meat. You know, the butcher in the village, oh, Richard, bless him, <laughs> I walked in there and said, I've gone to the dark side, Rich, I've become a vegetarian for four weeks. His face fell. Yeah. And I thought he'd never talk to me again. But, you know, obviously we go in there for... A, they do fruit and veg and all that kind of thing, and we go in there, you know, get a chicken for the dogs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But... But people, you're right. People do judge you for it, and people say, "Oh, because they can't, they don't, they don't have the ability to accept your point of view." I mean, I'm not, I'm not do, I'm not vegetarian because of any animal rights. I'm, I have no message to push. I yeah. do it because it makes me feel better. I feel healthier. I feel like I have more energy. I had, my, I, I came to the conclusion that I don't think my body could actually process meat anymore because every time I was eating, I just wanted to go to sit on the sofa and go to sleep. Yeah. Now I don't. That's just me. It doesn't. It doesn't work for Mum. She has to have a little bit of meat every now and again because her body needs it. Whereas mine, I seem to get away with it. Yeah. You and his, I think you could probably eat whatever you like. To be quite frank, because you're young enough. But it, society expects it either expects you to eat meat or not to eat meat. Yeah. And well, by well, the way, I can't this, do this both. Is, so make up your is, mind. This is. I think. I think. Obviously, we're we're getting into vegetarianism and stuff like that, and. Well, no. My um, point is, my, my, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it back. But, my but, point uh, is, but, it's about people judging you. Yeah, and that's why I'm. That's what I was about to say. It's 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 almost like a microcosm for society. It's it's yeah. It's a way in which society expects you to to treat people in a certain way, act in a certain way, and that's just not always correct. Well, like, who gave who gave society who gave society the the job of judging. Exactly. How, how I live my life how exactly. you live your and, life I mean okay there's and, got these rules and what have you <laughs> with, with that being said if we go on to episode 5 that's where we had the interview with Dave and he was talking about his uh, the smart collaborative which um, and, the, and the stuff that he's done and, and how he's changed the way that that entire system works and w- talking talking about that Society had already made a judgment on these kids that he was working with, saying that they oh, they they can't be in normal education, they can't do this, they can't do that, and everything. But it turns out that with a little bit more guidance and a little bit more help, 
they could be just as functional as everyone else. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to lose them. Everybody, everybody deserves a chance, right? If not more than yeah. one chance, everybody deserves another chance. And you don't know the circumstances or the background to their, to their upbringing. I think, I think that interview as well, I think that interview really opened up the idea that um, maybe society is too quick to judge. Yeah. Society is, is is too quick to turn around and say, you're not worth it anymore. You're not this, you're not that or whatever. But as we've seen and as we spoke about earlier with this coronavirus and everything, yeah, people have been able to do what they want and make something of themselves. Yeah. And society's had to turn around and be like, that's okay. Yeah. Do you see where I, do, do, do you see the angle that I'm coming at with this in that society has made these preconceptions that you must go to work, you must do this, you must do that, but people are now realizing that's not always the case. Like with these kids, society has made the judgment that they are unteachable or whatever, but it's 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 shown that quite clearly they're not. They just need more help and more guidance and more well, they learn in different ways foresight. as well. Maybe, as you well? know, but not everybody wants to sit down and you know write things on pieces of paper or you know uh, read books and this kind of thing Dif- different people learn in different ways some people learn easy some people learn hard but different people learn in different ways and to try and put everybody into the same box you know this uh, you know we, we refer to school as being like that that factory it's like a conveyor belt you know yeah. you, you know you've seen the factory where like you know where they make cars you know, each person, the, the thing's on a conveyor belt and it's slow. It doesn't actually stop. It's slowly moving along and people are working on it as it's moving along. And then it moves to the next team and the next team and the next thing. That's a little bit like school. You know, junior school, into senior school, year seven, eight, nine, ten. There's different people working Which on you. Which is, surprisingly, exactly what episode six is about in the educational factory. Well, exactly. The educational factory. And, well, hang on a minute. What happens if, like, so think of it as a car production plant. I imagine... Imagine you're going along the plant and you get to the end and the car comes out. Oh, hang on a minute. Back on station 17, yeah. he forgot to put the steering wheel on. Yeah. So what is that car? What is that car now? That car is now redundant. It can't go back. Yeah. It's now redundant. How are you going to steer it? Well, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like people's lives. If they if they haven't had something in there at a particular moment in time, school doesn't care. It just moves them on. They might yeah. not have picked up or on something, that because... Or something's happened at home or, yeah, or this I mean, or the other. You know, if, if, if you didn't get... I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. If you didn't get quadratic equations, you know, when they were taught or in, you know, September 2017 or whatever it was, when you come to do your exam in September 2019, if you if you didn't get quadratic equations because your, your brain just didn't figure that way at the time, but it could quite easily get them now. And it was... No one's reprogramming that into you. And then you have to go into an exam and you fail because... Well, you don't fail, but you don't get as good a score because you can't remember bloody quadratic... I can't even get them out. Quadratic <laughs> equations. I mean, that's, a, that's an extreme example, but it's almost like you don't have the ability to ever... You don't have the ability to revisit. and You can't rewind time, I understand that, but you don't have the ability to revisit and, and plug different things back into yourself. Does that... Does, yeah. Does that... yeah, no, I get what you mean. And, it, and it's... It's 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 a way of turning around and and saying to people, you don't know you don't know this right now, therefore you'll never know this. Do you get what I mean? It's a way of the school system turning around and saying, oh well, if you don't understand this now at the age when everyone else understands it, then we should write you off and you should be this that and the other. 
Yeah. Well, I think also, I think also as well, you know, those kids that Dave had, you know, as Dave said, there was a last chance saloon. They were they were quick to kick them out of school, and I think you know, talking of the educational factory, I think that leads on to the whole point of, you know, as we were saying, education all of a sudden has now become a business. Yeah. And as soon as you, as soon you as you see that in universities, can't you? Well, yeah, but as soon as you, as soon as you bring an element of financial gain into any anything you do then it then it becomes a business and then well, yeah, things start that's the same as that's the same as like a boutique flower shop becoming a multinational yeah factory I mean, but, but producing this... flowers every single day i mean like you lose the you lose the little touches you lose the so those kids connection. not be, yeah so those kids not being in the school is because the school cannot afford to have its results looking you know it doesn't want that outlying oh hang on a minute we had one over here that failed no you know 50% of our students attained A's yeah 99% of our students passed every exam well this outlier over here you know that might these, these kids over here might drop that percentage from 99% passing to 70% passing well, so we'll get rid of them there is other stuff like the, the, the other factors which play into it but I yeah, get, I get but what you're saying but yeah I mean it's, I'm, I'm talking in the extreme but because because education lives and dies on its on its results you know the funding for the schools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it it lives and dies on its results, and in the independent schools, private schools, even more so because if they're not turning the right results out, people go, well, there's no point in me paying for it. I'll go to the state school. The independent yeah. schools would would end up closing, and independent schools live on a knife edge when it comes to finances. You know, a couple of kids don't turn up. That's it. The whole budget's out. The whole budget's gone right up the swanee. But as soon as they bring that element of money in, all of a sudden it becomes so those kids probably weren't unteachable yeah the school just didn't think well hang on a minute they're not going to get our results up we'll get rid of them and i i have heard of an independent school a private school that if you if you're not up to up to the academic standards that they that they want it's no sort of like help it's just it's no help it's just kicked kicked out it's just i mean what what is is they're running it like it's unbelievable. What, it's, running, what it's a factory, this, and and this is quite. I keep saying this, but it's quite. It's quite nicely led on to episode seven, which was the last episode of, of self motivation. I mean, what does that, getting thrown out of a school because you can't keep up with the academic demands, what does that do to your self motivation? That 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 it to me, turns around and says you're not good enough for us. Yeah, even though we're here and meant to be helping you. You're not good enough for us, therefore see you later. Yeah, but, but yeah. again, who gives you who gives them the right to judge who's? Good of course, of course. But my, my my point being more in the fact that what does that do to you personally? I mean, like your self motivation's got to drop. You and and from there, from there, if 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 someone's that quick and that easy to give up on you, what does that set you in for the rest of your life? Well, I think that, well, it's, it's, like you say, your self motivate, your self esteem drops. Sets you up everything. To, it sets you up to to not trust people. So to you, not, you know, you're probably sitting there thinking. You, you know, you, you sit there thinking, well, what is there in life for me? Exactly. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I, I, don't, I don't feel like the people around me can help me. But, but then, like, down the road in the, in the garage, the, the local garage we use to fix the car, um, there's a guy down there, Billy, and he'll be the first one to tell you, he was, a, you know, he was a right little tear away at school, he never wanted to go, didn't, had no interest, got no qualifications, etc, etc. But, you know, you 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 give him an engine, 
he'll strip it down and put it back together before. Yeah. You know, I looked at it and I, I look at his work and he's, he's unbelievable. He, that was what he enjoyed. He would take motorbikes apart and, you know, when he didn't go to school, he'd, he'd tinker around with engines and stuff like that. And now, you know, he's only a young lad and the guy that owns the garage, you know, he's got so much faith in him to be able to do his job and to keep everything ticking over while, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't bring anybody else in for when he needs to go on, away on holiday or something like that. He just leaves it down to Billy. And Billy's only, I say, probably like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. You know, and it, it, that, that's a testament to the fact that he learns in a different way. His interests are in a different way. And he's now found his place in life. But imagine if he hadn't got that job opportunity with the guy down the road, where would he have been? Who would have taken him? Because you know, you go to one of these big garages like Mercedes or you know, shameless pug if Mercedes and BMW want to pay us anything for the advertising. Um, but they wouldn't take you because you've got no qualifications. Mm. But you know, but the but the, the funny thing is, those garages, those big garages, they won't take you because you haven't got the qualifications. But they, you don't need to have those qualifications to do the job they're asking you to do. You don't need to have a GCSE in history or a GCSE in geography or what have you to do the job that they're asking you to do at Mercedes but you need to have those qualifications to get there I mean it's an extreme one they probably don't need history and geography they probably just want maths and English but do you get my point? Yeah. yeah Some yeah. people walk away with no qualifications and all of a sudden the doors are slammed in their faces Yeah and I mean, I Billy's got lucky that's, right? where, that's where that's where schools shut the door too early Yes, I mean you like you say if you got I mean let's let's assume you got let's, kicked let's, out of school would you what would your self motivation be on the floor I mean but that's the thing as well like um, when when schools finish with you yeah when when the car gets to the end of the conveyor belt yeah they they put it out on the road and they go good luck yeah, yeah? I feel like there needs to be more and I'm I'm quite lucky with the school that I'm or I was at, in the fact that they have a really good, like, year, two-year sort of plan afterwards where you can come back to the school and you can talk to teachers about anything. You can... You after can, sales care. Yeah, pretty much. It's an after-sales care, basically. Here's a revolutionary idea for you. Okay. When you buy a is this car... Like, is this something that you want to say on the podcast, or is this like yeah, a business no, idea that we're going to copyright? No, well, I don't... <laughs> I'm not sure we could get this one through. But there's a revolutionary idea for you, right? When you buy a car... You buy that car and it has a three-year warranty on it, right? Yes. In most garages. If you go to Kia, they're so proud of their work, they'll give you a seven-year warranty, right? Yeah. That's how that's how proud of their work and that's how much they trust their own work. Anything happens within those three years, the car goes back and the car, the car garage fix it for you, yeah. right? I think the only thing that isn't covered are tires because obviously they wear and tear, yeah. etc. And wind, windscreens from chips and stuff like yeah. that. But everything about the car... They are so confident, they are so confident of their car and the engineering they've done, they will give you a three-year warranty. Yeah. Why don't schools do that on their pupils? When you leave school, you get a three-year warranty. Anything goes wrong, you can go back to the school and they'll fix it for you. <laughs> you go, you go. I'm, I'm, I'm 50k in debt, help me. <laughs> well, not, not necessarily for the money, but you get my, but, you know, if you're not getting something... You know, if you're not, you know, not maybe, getting the opportunity, if you're not, yeah, if you're not getting or... an opportunity, you could go back and the careers guy would sit down with you and go, right, yeah, come on, we got, we're... they should, they should put a warranty on your education. If they, if the education system are that proud of their education, mm. and they believe in it so much, put a bloody warranty on every student. I feel like we've just come up with an epiphany in the last episode. I think I have. You just I, come up I, with I, epiphany. Personally, I think I should be the education secretary. <laughs> Gavin, what's his name? Jog on. 
I should be the age protection secretary. There's a little bit of self righteousness. You should have you should have an you you should have an element of insurance policy on your education because you've been you've been doing this for a certain amount of time. It's like when legally made to do this for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and you've been told to do it, and it's like when. When um, Gordon Brown was the Chancellor of the Exchequer, he told he went out and told us all to buy diesel cars because that was the that was the most healthiest thing we could possibly do for the planet. No, it's not. And now all of a sudden it's not. So, Gordon, you're going to refund us all our money? Yeah. No. So yes, I want a refund on education if it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think on that note, I think that's quite a good place to sort of wrap up the um, wrap up the series. Really, uh, it's been it's been interesting been emotional it's been emotional exactly um but i hope that sort of the ramblings of a teenager and his father discussing the world around them and the ways in which that you go about your life has ever so slightly influenced you possibly and ever so slightly helped you as well um and hopefully you you know there's a few shameless plugs in there oh yeah of course like various things like music and t-shirts yeah but um, you were writing a book. As I you am mentioned. writing a book, um, and that's what this whole podcast has been based off of, really. Yeah. And what 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 uh, what stage are we at now? We are at a stage where um, we're at a stage where I think it's probably ready to go. I want a little bit of artwork done on it. So Linus, if you're listening, pull your finger out, sausage. Yeah. Um, I need a cover. And or then, any other artist for that and matter then, well, as well. If it, I mean, well, also, the other thing is I'm I'm wrestling with the idea of approaching a publisher, which could take me one to two years to get it out there, or self-publishing. And part of me thinks self-publishing, but then a lot of people have come back, oh, don't self-publish, you know, you don't. You, how are you going to get on the Amazon chart list? And everything? Well, if it's bloody good enough, it'll get on, won't it? Yeah. Um, it, is, it basically, self-publishing is 10% writing a book and 90% marketing it, from what I can understand. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I'm virtually there. I've got the title. Um, well, I've got the title in my head. Yeah. Um, whether everybody else agrees with it or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm 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 almost there. I just need to. So if sit so, down so basically, what we're saying is, is over these over these seven episodes um, or so, uh, we've pretty much discussed a lot of what is featured in that book. We we talk, we but, touched on the topics, but obvious obviously. Like so, if, if we put it on the three levels of depth, you've got this last episode, which is a recap of seven episodes, which are a recap of the stuff which is written in your well, book. Well, so the book is the book is the book is a little bit more. It's a bit more autobiographical and well, no, it's a bit more practical in the sense of it. I'm I'll give you real life examples because yeah, I'm I'm basically I'm taking my twenty five years in banking and applying them back to. You know the kind of things that we've discussed, and you know, there's there's a couple of stories in there of, of things that happened. You know, when I went to Pakistan, uh, that was called doing extra. Um, there's all there's all different like relatable things different back to life. So yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a. I mean, I think when on our podcast as well, I'm I'm very guilty of this. I do go off on tangents. Yeah. With the book, I'm trying to keep it actually <laughs> it's concise on and consistent and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So hopefully that will be out shortly. Well, I say shortly. It's and take a long time, um, really, isn't it? yeah, so I think uh, this podcast, this this series at least, because we we, we we might come back and and come back at it again, um, because obviously we do have very active minds and we will be discussing other things during our time. But for the minute, we're going to take a rest, um, and we will be back with you shortly. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, Father, before we end? Uh, no, it's roast dinner time. It's 
very soon in time. Okay, happy Father's Day, and uh, thank you for listening to I Wouldn't Have Done It Like That Series 1. Um, we will be back in due course. Thank you for listening. I have been Charlie Deceit, all of the above. This has been Dad, Father, Father Simon, whatever. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, thank you for listening, and yeah, see you all again. Bye. Bye-bye. Adios.